everyone, and welcome to episode 77 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I'm your host, the Razgrees, with my co-host, the Buck Grundle, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the internet. We have some some doozies, Buck. Um, we have some. Re- yeah. We actually have some revisits from a previous episode. We do. We do. The uh, the. Uh... I don't know if, uh, yeah, the soup Nazi. <laughs> I mean, not. I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coining that from like the Seinfeld episode, just in case somebody gets like borderline offended. But either way, yeah, the soup lady's back. We got a couple of other real freaking winners today too, man. Or at least it, it appears that way from the headlines. Well, let's jump right into it, shall we? And we're gonna go back to New York City, folks. I believe it was in New York, wasn't it? No, it was in uh, it was in Temple. Okay. Anyway, this is being reported by the New York Post. A woman who hurled hot soup at restaurant workers' face has been arrested. She's in hot water now. An irate Texas woman caught on viral video hurling a bowl of spicy soup in the face of an unsuspecting restaurant manager has been busted. Amanda Martinez, 31, was arrested Wednesday morning and charged with assault in the shocking caught-on-video November 7th attack at Sol del uh, Jalisco? Jalisco. Jalisco. Sol del Jalisco restaurant in Temple. We do not condone this type of behavior and hold our citizens to the highest standard, Temple Deputy Police Chief Alan Teston uh, told the station. If a station... If, I'm sorry. If a citizen believes they have received poor service... We advise them to remain civil until the problem is resolved. Police say Martinez picked up an order at the Mexican eatery, but was stewing when she returned to complain that her soup was hot. (laughs) It melted the plastic cover of the container. Restaurant manager Janelle Borland apologized to the irate customer and offered to refund or another menu item. But men... Martinez allegedly demanded to speak to another manager and finally blew up, throwing the spicy soup in the face of the stunned Brolin uh, before storming out. My first thought was, what just happened? (laughs) Why? Like, why is she, why is this happening? I realized I couldn't open my eyes. I wiped away and I realized I was like, wow, she really just threw that at me. Surveillance video uh, in the eatery caught the incident and led to the arrest warrant for Martinez, who was being held at the Bell County Jail after her arrest. Uh, she has also been banned from the restaurant, Buck. <laughs> oh, well, good. At least Justice has a modicum of, oh, hey, oh, you know, appearance in this. Screaming at me. So, sorry about that. I just had an, another news article decide it was going to start uh, playing. <laughs> uh but you know it, it, it's we we had this a couple of weeks ago. We we really hope this chick got arrested, and she did. Uh, but what do you what, in what world do you think this is a good idea? I'm just gonna throw the soup in her face. Never. And you know, I mean, like we hold our citizens to the highest standard. And you know what? <laughs> That's a very good and like you know very diplomatic response, but. If not not throwing soup in a in a customer's face, that's the standard you're striving for. <laughs> that's the highest standard. That's the highest standard. Like that's that's like the gold platinum. <laughs> like 
Wow. You can get a wristband for all the rides in fucking Temple as long as you don't assault anyone with hot soup. Because that, my friends, is the highest standard. Yeah, it's kind of... But now, (laughs) you know, first off, I, I I am elated in every sense of the word for the fact that this woman got got arrested. I mean, you know, we, we saw the video and, you know, we even commented on it when, when it was a fresh article, man. Like, can't be doing that shit. Like, there's no fucking reason for that. There's no shit, no shit reads. I will either get you another menu item or a refund. Like, exactly what else is there to offer? Like, did you want the keys to the front door? Like, what... This woman didn't even bulk. You know, she didn't even come out and bulk. She's not like, oh, well, you know, soup is supposed to be hot. No, she's just like, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'll get you another item or a refund. That was it. Yeah. It, it wasn't as so they were like, 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 screw you, lady, get out of the shop. No, they were trying to have good customer service. And yeah. what the hell else did this bitch want? <laughs> Exactly. Like, no shit she needs to be arrested. You know, I, I, I am having, like, a horrible customer service relationship right now with UPS on behalf of Amazon. And I'm not going to go into it this week because I want – I'll go into it next week once we've concluded everything. And the whole episode, if I can find stories, it's going to be about how UPS is fuck-ups. Just forewarning right now because I'm that mad. But you know, in, in, in this situation, you have somebody who's trying to make you happy. <laughs> I would love to know – I want to. I want this yeah. bitch on the stand, and I want the. I want the, the the prosecutor to say, "What was it you were after?" The only thing that a rational person can summarize from that interaction is that the only thing that woman wanted was a fucking fight. Like that's it. She obviously didn't want a refund. Like she wanted no form of indemnification, none. You know, like that was. That was not her goal. Indemnity, by the way, is making oneself whole. So, you know, like, you know, she she wasn't looking for that. Because right out of the gate, man, like, that manager put her fastest horse on the line. She's like, refund her another menu item. Boom. (laughs) Like, like, she, (laughs) like, instead of playing the game, this, this other woman just flips the whole fucking table over. And throws a soup in her face. Like, what the fuck are you doing? But either way, man, like I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my previous rating that we gave her earlier of a three. And and I will I will, you know, conclude this or consider this matter concluded for the moment. I'm I refuse know, can... I refuse to consider the matter concluded because I wanna see if this bitch pleads out or takes it to trial. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, concluded is a, is not a good word, but tabled is a is a better way of speaking. You know, stick with the three and, and let's uh you know, unless you've got something to add on, man, we can just keep on rolling. Let's keep on rolling. Um, I, I had to change up our order a little bit because this is one of those stories where the website likes to refresh and start playing audio, so bite me. Uh, this story is coming from elevenalive.com. Hotel calls police on grandma after bad review. A grandmother and her granddaughter were kicked out of a Baymont Inn and Suites in Helen after they responded to an email asking how the room was. Okie dokie. This is in Georgia. The email from Hotels.com seems innocent enough. How's your room? 
Well, Susan Ledger's response, which would result in her expulsion from the Baymont Inn and Suites by order of the police. Ledger had given the hotel a three out of five star review on Hotels.com, then asked what went wrong. Ledger replied the room was run down, pools not open, and toilets don't flush well. Then at 8.40 p.m., her cell phone rang. It was the hotel manager. This guy is on my cell phone ranting at me, and he said he's kicking me out. Ledger told 11 Alive Chief Investigator Brendan Keefe, he's calling the police and I have to leave the room, she added. The 63-year-old grandmother and her 6-year-old granddaughter were already in their pajamas on the first night that was supposed to be a three-night stay. And then I hear, literally, bam, bam, bam. It was an officer from the Helen Police Department. They can truly kick me out in the middle of the night for, for my hotel for giving a review of three and five. Uh, Ledger asked the police officer, and she says, yes, ma'am, it's within the law. This was scary. This was just horrifying, Ledger said. The police report obtained through an open records request shows that there was only one reason for the expulsion. Quote, Ledger had given the motel a bad review, end quote. Officer William Barrett wrote. The officer helped them find another room in a nearby Fairfield hotel. During the 911 call, the Baymont manager can be heard telling dispatcher, we are getting ready to refund because they reviewed the hotel is dirty and the place is run down. Manager Danny Vaez told us that he was, there was no, re, no that, that, this, that was not the reason, that that was not the reason. No, no, no. Because at the end of the 911 call, I said, she's not happy with the room. That's why we had to let her go, Vaez said. We tried several times to get an interview with the hotel manager. He finally agreed after we contacted the franchise. During a phone call in September, Vias told us the problem was that Ledger never reported the problem to him or his staff. How can we fix that, right? If they let us know, but she never let us know anything, he said in a recorded conversation. During our on-camera interview in November, Vias said the opposite occurred and multiple complaints were the, the real reason Ledger and her granddaughter were forced out. They called me at least ten times in maybe an hour. Sync is not working. Everything is not right, he said. Vias told 911 that he was refunding, refunding Ledger's money because, quote, I told them, ma'am, we are going to refund your money because I know that you don't like the room and you review us, end quote. So we'll have all, so we'll have all the right that you can leave the place. The guy must speak broken English, and they're quoting directly, which, in my opinion, they probably should clean it up a little bit and just not quote it. My opinion, not everyone's. Uh, Ledger had prepaid for the entire three-night stay using Hotels.com and did not receive a payment from Baymont. Hotels.com responded to Ledger's request for a refund weeks later by writing, Unfortunately, we are unable to contact the property and will need to abide by the terms of the booking, which states refunds are not allowed. The grandmother believes Hotels.com bears responsibility because its reviews of the company it was asking for during during its stay resulted in the expulsion. Once we contacted the booking site for comment, Hotels.com issued a full refund two months after the grandmother and granddaughter were kicked out. Vias gave us a printout of the refund suggesting it was proof that he had returned the money. Most businesses, including hotels, are allowed to ask customers to leave for virtually any reason. If they refuse, customers can be arrested for trespassing. Vias told 911 that Ledger refused to leave, but Ledger said she had never said that. She initially thought the call kicking her out was a prank. When police asked her and her granddaughter to leave, they did. 
Georgia has a special law requiring sufficient notice to hotel guests before kicking them out, which shall not be shorter than the time for which they've already paid. However, there is an exception in the law for hotels to expel a guest for cause, such as failure to pay sums due, failure to abide by the rules of occupancy, failure to maintain reservations, or other actions by a guest. The, quote, other actions by a guest is the catch, because it is so vague a guest can be kicked out for any reason, including a negative review. Ledger has a piece of advice for anyone answering an email asking for a review. Quote, if you don't want to be walked out in your pajamas with your six-year-old daughter, don't leave a review if you're currently still at the place. Wow. Sage words of advice, ma'am. Sage words. And believe me, I will follow them. That's insane. that That is just... Like, wow. Holy fucking shit. Imagine, like, put yourself in that poor lady's shoes, man. You're sitting there with a six-year-old kid in your fucking PJs, and all of a sudden the fuzz roll up. You get the cop knock. Like, bam, bam, bam. Right. (laughs) Right. And, like, you know when there's a knock on your door, like, police officers have the knock. Like, they must teach it at the academy. Because, I swear, you know, you could, you could, hundred people could knock on your door and you could pick out the cop. You just could. Absolutely. But no, I mean, but, but come on, man. What, what kind of petty bullshit is that? Don't leave me a five star review. So I'm going to kick you the fuck out. You know, one of these days I'm going to eventually hook a mic up to my phone and we're going to start calling these people (laughs) and we're going to have our own interviews with them (laughs) or at least try. Because I would love to talk to this guy and go, what kind of dumbass are you? Because, okay, so here's the thing. When, when you have a franchise hotel, it's called a flag. It, that's what you, you, the hotel is a hotel. And you have to meet certain standards to buy into the franchise. And essentially, the only thing you're buying into is the name. So you can put that name on there. When these franchises fuck up enough, they lose their flag. Which means they can never no call themselves, you know, like Hampton Inn or whatever. Is this guy trying to lose his flag? I don't know, man, but I would love to place a call to this dude because it sounds by his broken English in the in the uh, in the article that uh, I could have a particular degree of, of fun with this particular gentleman. Put him on speaker. Call him right I now. Don't... Call him. Put him on speaker. <laughs> Just tell him you're calling from the Mountain View podcast. Do it. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'm going to do that. Uh, chicken shit. No, that is that is how how like we can't round up the truth on that one. That is definitely a chicken shit situation. <laughs> okay, no, not gonna do it. Well, let's move now, on. Oh, wait, 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 no. This motherfucker gets a fucking four. Yeah, no shit, man. Kicks a fucking lady and her grandkid out in their PJs. I mean, come on, and the poor kid. Like, I gotta understand if grandma was acting like an asshole. Yeah, but. She 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 called and complained about like you're paying to stay in a place. Man. No, she didn't even call you and complain. Know, you... She got an email from hotels.com saying, "Hey, I saw you checked in your booking. How's the room?" And she was honest no, with no. them. But she called and complained about like the toilet not working. No, that's the I'm thing. Talking about she didn't. She didn't. That's the thing. In the original call, he said that she didn't. When they did the original interview, she said he said. She, it was just a review. Uh, then when they got the when they were doing the recorded interview, he changed his story and said that she was just calling incessantly. 
Yeah, fuck all that. Somebody, way, he gets some, that darn form. And man. here's the thing. Someone who's calling 10 or 11 times, they're not giving you a three-star review. They're giving you a one-star. Let's, let's think about this logically right. for a moment. Well, even even if she was calling, you know, to complain about the toilet not working or whatever, like, you know, so what, I misunderstood the article, but even his defense is so fucking weak, man, because she pays to stay there. How could somebody pay to stay in a room and not have a working freaking toilet? And then after you, after you do it, you don't actually give them the refund? The hubris of this motherfucker. Right. We're like, no. Four is all day long, man, on this bitch. That's, that's, and that bitch being the hotel owner. But anyhow, moving along. This next one comes from News 4 Jacksonville. Bullet lodged in Florida man's testicle after wife shoots him. This bitch shot shot him in the nuts. (laughs) A bullet lodged a uh, Bravard, 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 I don't know. Brevard County man's testicle after he was shot by his 60-year-old wife in an argument over an affair. Okay, let's just talk about that for a second. A 60-year-old man's having an affair? I mean, don't shoot on your wife, but you still got you still got game at 60. I mean, you got to give a guy props. Yeah, man. Even an old dog can still hunt. <laughs> I had one of my employees the other day. He was like, oh, look at her, look at her. I look at this one news reporter that was on a scene we were at. And I said, you're married. He's like, I'm married, not dead. I was like, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. Victoria Reed was arrested Wednesday on charges of aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, domestic violence, and aggravated domestic violence. According to the Brevard County Sheriff's Office, Reed had a gun and confronted her husband of 16 years to discuss his affair. Reed demanded her husband sit on the couch and told them she was going to maim him and give him post-traumatic stress disorder, which she said she also suffers from, according to deputies. Reed taunted her husband and threatened to shoot him in the face and chest and kill him. God damn. Reed shot her husband in his left knee, but the bullet traveled up his thigh and lodged in his testicles. (laughs) (laughs) Poor fucking dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the man's condition is not known Reed was arrested in Rockledge and was taken to jail oh my gosh that... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what man oh he's about he's about all fucking crazy man he got that that girl that woman, she's going to go to jail and she's going to always be able to be like, I'm the girl who shot a guy in the fucking knee and the nuts with one bullet. <laughs> and she'll be queen of the housing unit, too. That's the best thing. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, oh. Oh, that's just like, I say poor guy, but I mean, like, I really kind of mean it. Like, He's been having an affair. Yeah, that's a real shitty thing to do. Well, here's the thing. But, Was he actually having an affair? Because this woman's obviously right. not quite right. Right. That's the thing. Like, that that's her investigative method. Like, what is she? Freaking Blackwater? Like, former Blackwater freaking counter-terrorist interrogator or whatever? 
Yeah, that's how I'm going to get information from you. I'm going to wave a gun on your face till you tell me what you want. Oops. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give her the whole gambit and give her the five. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and. I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm torn. Well, no, as soon as you use a gun, I'm gonna give her... as soon as you use a gun, you get you in my book, you get the five. Yeah, but see, you know what? I gotta factor mental illness into it, man. Like, there's there's something wrong there. Like, there's something wrong in that camp. <laughs> well, you go ahead. So, you go ahead and give her a four. I'm gonna then. give her. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give her a two. No, a I'm two? I'm gonna give her a four. No, no, I'm gonna give her a four. I'm gonna give her a four. I'm gonna give her. I just wanted to get the shock factor from you, man. <laughs> just peeling you off the ceiling. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to stay with Jacksonville. This one was Action 47. Action News, Jax. Police. Atlantic Beach man caught on video placing feces in mailboxes. An Atlantic thing to do. Oh, my God. An Atlantic Beach man was arrested Thursday after police said he was caught on video putting feces in mailboxes. Andrew Stetsman, 62, was booked into Duval County Jail and charged with criminal mischief and stalking. The Atlantic... (laughs) Holy crap. Uh, Police reviewed complaints from multiple people about Stetsman uh, not only putting feces in mailboxes, but also leaving obscene letters with drawings. A neighbor was able to get video of Stetsman in the act and gave video to the police. And that's that's all the story says, unfortunately. I wish there was more to it, because I would love to know more. <laughs> the dude's wow. just going around taking shits in people's mailboxes. I mean, I, I'm for, maybe it was dog shit, but either way, it's shit. Shit is shit. Yeah. I, I will reiterate, man, what a shitty thing to do. I mean, like, that guy's a real shithead. Hi. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no way to put a finer point on it, man. You know, can't spit shine a turd. This guy tried. <laughs> I wonder if he. I wonder if uh, he could tell us which end was the clean end. Probably the one he held on to. <laughs> yeah. Either way, you know what? Fucking around with people's mail, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna go ahead and give him a four. Nah, I'm gonna give him a three and a half. I'm, ooh, yeah, I'll countersign the three and a half. But the, but the, uh, one thing they didn't say in the article, which is probably gonna be the case, you just committed a federal offense, buddy. You just fit a federal class three misdemeanor, messing with a oh, messing yeah. with the, messing with the mailbox. Just mm-hmm. saying. Okay, and we're back for the second half of the show. And we're going to go with CBS News as a Florida man's double life is exposed in the hospital when his wife meets his fiance. <laughs> How many times have you dealt with, like, when you worked in the prison system, uh, the wife and the girlfriend would both show up for visitation day? Oh my gosh, it was my favorite, favorite post to work was the lobby on second shift. It, you know what? On certain days of the week, it was like Springer. Like, You'd have the wife and the girlfriend show up at the same time, and you'd just be there sitting there behind the desk going, ooh. 
Oh, I love that the inmates were, were, were ballsy enough to tell their wife, "Oh, I only have visitation on Mondays," and they tell their their girlfriend, "I only have visitation on Thursdays." Then one of them would call in and say, "I just uh-huh. need to check visitation." Time. Well, you have it on Mondays and Thursdays. Oh, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh huh. Oh, or how awkward was it when they would go? Could I see inmate so and so's visit list? And you'd have to look at him and be like, nope. And you'd go back to the block and you'd look at inmate so-and-so and be like, dude. You're dude, fucked. Def, def, def. <laughs> like, you look at that guy and be like, listen, man. Like, I'm going to level with you. All right? You need to put in a request slip right now. I'm working in the lobby. I'm coming back here to see you. Put in a request slip right now. Change your visit list now. <laughs> <laughs> like now <laughs> well <laughs> in 2016 Jessica uh, Devani was dating Gregory Bender and a successful who was a successful hedge fund manager who lived near Orlando Florida and what Jessica didn't know at the time was that Greg had been keeping a secret from her <laughs> a secret would be exposed while he was recovering from a medical procedure at a local hospital. What happened in that room would lead to events that would forever change their lives. Devani had met Bender online in 2009. He was 42 years old and Devani was nearly 20 years his junior. He had a very charismatic personality, he was very intelligent, and I felt like we'd known each other for all of our lives. We became best friends. As their romance developed, Devani said she noticed Bender had a streak of jealousy in him and would sometimes escalate to verbal threats. I never feared he would do anything to me, but I feared that we could uh, that he could do it to another man. Uh, she remained with him, and eventually they even got engaged. Devani tells her story exclusively to 48 Hours in The Ring, The Murder of Patrick de la Sandra. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum. Oh, wait a minute. I have that. Hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> a few years after their engagement, Devani was confronted with a shocking twist in their relationship. Bender had undergone a procedure, and when he was recuperating in the ICU, Devani dropped by to visit for a surprise visit. When she entered the room, another woman was there. That woman was Damon Sanchez. His wife at the time. I was like, what is she doing here? And she's like, what are you doing here? And I told her, like, I'm his fiance and showed her the ring. She then showed me her ring. She's like, I'm his wife. (laughs) (laughs) Devani said she was devastated by the news. My heart just dropped. I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. Several days passed before Bender finally contacted Devani to explain the situation. He told her he, it was strictly a marriage of convenience so he could help the woman's son attend a better school. Jessica said she took him back but issued an ultimatum. He had to divorce his wife. However, for months, Bender stalled and Devani said she eventually dumped him. A month later, in June 2017, she met 25-year-old Patrick D. Lacendra on a dating app. I was afraid he would find out about our relationship, Devani said. 
Devani said Bender learned about her new relationship with uh, De La Cartra, whatever, I can't pronounce that very well, De La Cedra, from Facebook. Uh, that's when Bender started messaging De La Cedra and threatening him. Within months, Devani says Bender had left alarming messages to them both. In one voicemail, Devani, Bender said, I'm giving instructions. I'm going to have a plan put into action. Eventually, both D- Devani and Dilasandra had enough, and Devani asked a judge for a restraining order against Bender. The order issued in December 2017 stated Bender could not have contact with Devani, and he had to hand over his firearms. The couple, now excited about their future without the looming threat of Bender, said Devani. <laughs> At the end of 2017, Dilasandra proposed to Devani. Delisandra presented Devani with a temporary engagement ring while he waited for the delivery of a ring that he had designed. But the day that Delisandra would give Devani the ring never came. On February 27, 2018, Jessica received two unexpected calls from Bender. Fearing for Delisandra's, I'm sorry, Delisandra's safety, she tried to reach him, but did not. he did not answer the phone. That's when she rushed over to Delisandra's home and found him dead in a pool of blood. Soon after sheriff's deputies arrived, Devani told them about Bender. Another break in the case came when a detective got a tip from a woman in Bender's life. Bender's now ex-wife, <laughs> uh, Damon Sanchez. The woman said, Devani uh, said she met visiting Bender at the hospital years earlier. Demara, uh, who had watched the news reports about De La Cedra's murder, told investigators about a murder plan she had found, which says Bender wrote laying out a plot to kill De La Cedra once she had told him about the murder plan and gave us what we needed to get into the house. Uh, what else is to see what else you know was in there and dude there's like a picture here too what we'll need and it, it has like two pistols duct tape it has a map showing where the vehicles are it, it's pretty wow. uh once their investigators were stunned to find a murder plan similar to the one sanchez described crumpled up in the trash can in bender's home office they also found ammunition and a shell casing similar to the rounds found at the crime scene Weaver said those discoveries gave them enough probable cause to get an arrest warrant for Bender for D. Lysandra's murder. When Bender's trial began in May of 2021, Devani and Sanchez, a two women who at one time were in the center of his life, would once again come to face to face, but this time to testify against him. Holy ass crackers! Yeah, man! Wow! That has, like, I was on the edge of my seat, that whole fucking article, man. Like, I was like, where's it going to go? And the twist. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, this I is wish the perfect had, making of a movie. I wish they hadn't said that the name of the, the show was The Murder Of, because you knew the dude was going to die. <laughs> Just like, who did it? Who did it? Who did it? <laughs> yeah. Well, Bender gets five. I mean, like, that dude is obviously, like, criminally insane. Like, yeah, I know mental illness is there, obviously, but on a on a much more like, nah, he gets a five. Homeboy yeah, gets, a, gets five. a five. Homeboy gets yeah, a five. Yeah, man, <laughs> dude, like, wow, man, all the elements of like, like they should make a movie of that. They probably already did, and I'm just a noob and don't know about it. But whatever. But you gotta wait till his conviction so you have a conclusion for the movie. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. But either way, what a douche canoe. Yeah. Not really much more to say about it. Usually, you know, Buck, we're supposed to do funny articles. That's not funny, but it's like, goddamn. 
Our, no. Our next story is coming from menshealth.com, and this is a UK article, so I'm probably going to stumble through it yet again. Man who claims to have the world's largest penis is, quote, sick and tired of people asking to see it. Now, is this, is the, this is indeed a different, right? Because we, we had a man claiming to have the largest penis in a different episode, and it turns out that he just had like a 13-inch foreskin. Uh, I don't remember that cat's name. So this might be the same dude. I don't know. Find some empathy, if you can, for American actor Jonah Falcon. Not only is he unfortunate not to be sat at the world's largest penis, or so he claims, but he's absolutely sick to the back of the teeth of people constantly asking him to get it out. (laughs) Measuring 13.5 inches in length with a girth of 8 inches. Why are we talking so in-depth about a man's penis? Uh, Falcon's phallus was first recognized as the world's largest back in in 1999. Are you Falcon kidding me? Oh, shut the... Since then, he's been hounded by curious strangers wanting to take a peek at his package. (laughs) That's not the only downside either. Appearing on ITV's This Morning, Jonah Falcon, 51, told hosts Philip Schofield and Josie Gibson that he's been stopped by airport security in the past after Border Patrol officers spotted his penis through his trousers. I believe him. And they wanted, and they wanted to take a peek at Falcon's Becker. Dude, I, I, honest to God, believe him because it happened to me. <laughs> and I'm not like disgustingly endowed by any stretch of the imagination. I'm quite average and and very secure in that fact. But I, in in China, uh, their airport security is very different than it is here. Um, if you're a foreigner, you're getting patted down. That's just fact. And not only do they pat you down, it's not like off to the side. They actually have you stand up on a podium like you just want a fucking medal. <laughs> and they're going to pat you down so they don't have to bend over. You literally step up so they don't have to bend down. And literally this little Asian woman is reaching up between my legs, grabbing my dick, going, and she's squeezing, going, what this? What this? What this? And I'm just standing there with my arms out surrounded by by Chinese airport security and my tour group and my wife and my children. And I'm just like, that's my penis, ma'am. <laughs> that is, uh, that's Big Raz. <laughs> <laughs> I literally look at the head security guy, I go, would you like to see it? <laughs> and they let us go. And then, it, so that's, that's how tough airport security is. But, um, they wanted to throw away my wife's vaporizer saying you can't have this on the plane you can't use this she's like i'm not gonna use it it's gonna stay in my bag and i went over there and and, and literally talked to them and they let her keep it but they're, 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 they're all worried about what's in my fucking trousers but they let her keep the whatever it's just it i believe what this guy's saying i'm sure airport security's done that to him 100 percent. i agree i i no doubt no doubt in my mind <sighs> <laughs> Aside from I have nothing relatable, I have nothing relatable. So that's why I just kind of like sat attentively. Like, <laughs> aside from leaving earlier for the airport, we presume Falcon said his manhood has affected his sex life. Explaining sexually, I use my mouth a lot. 
<laughs> when asked what he considers to be the worst part about his mammoth member, the New York-based actor explained that people often hold certain preconceptions about him. For some reason, having a 13-plus inch uh, means I'm a bad person, or I'm egotistical, or I'm a porn star, or I'm dumb, or I'm a slut. I'm sick and tired of having people wanting me to measure it in front of them. I've done it 10,000 times enough already. Despite his frustrations, Falcon was forthcoming with photo evidence showing a snap of his appendage to the hosts. This is just for you, so you don't have to do all the imagining. <laughs> he told a visibly shocked Schofield who responded, Hellfire! Congratulations! <laughs> Falcon later conceded that there was at least some perks associated with his sizable package. The best thing about having a large penis is that I don't have insecurity. He said, I'm insecure about other things, but that's not one of them. I am who I am, and I wouldn't want to be different. God. Well, very well put. There's nothing to score here, except for the general public, I guess. But I mean, like, I can't score them. Curiosity is a natural reaction to shit. You know, like, people just, people are, people are dumb sometimes. Oh, man. He is not an attractive man. Like, at all. (laughs) Look him up, folks. Jonah Falcon. (laughs) You will not be impressed. (laughs) Not not from the shoulders up, at least. Mm. But yet, all the pictures of him, you know, you you see the outline of his dick and shit and everything. So the guy is capitalizing on it and, you know, making... Making money off the fact that he's got a huge dong. So you know um, what though, if if people are going to ask you to see it everywhere you go, you might as well just be like, "Fuck it." I'll slap you on the forehead with it. <laughs> yeah, like if that if that you know what if that's what the people want, then why 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 shouldn't he charge you for it? You know, P.T. Barnum, he made a fucking fortune off side shows. This is true. Yeah. I'm not sure how you score yeah. this. Do we score him? Do we score his dick? I mean, what do we do? <laughs> we don't. I, I, I don't see. I don't see an, an avenue to give a score on anything here, man. Unless, unless, like, I just, I just don't. Uh, it's just look, a guy who's, yeah. who's flaunting what he's got. Fair enough. Okay, Buck. This is the one that I found. <laughs> This is another UK story, and it's it's quite lengthy, and I apologize ahead of time, but I, I thought it was so fucking stupid that this happened. Grandmother issued with restraining order to stop feeding carrots to sad horse. A court has imposed a restraining order against a retired race uh, to protect a retired racehorse from unwanted attentions of a grandmother who refused to stop feeding him carrots. In a ruling rarely, if ever, passed by British court, the horse was afforded legal protection from overfeeding after prosecutors made the application to magistrates on his behalf. And Margaret Porter, 67, of North Allenton Road, Lemming Bar, uh, thought Nelson the chestnut gelding was, quote, sad-looking, and came to... <laughs> came to the view that he was underfed and began giving him carrots despite being explicitly asked by his owner, Susanna Cook, 50. What began as a laudable effort in Nelson's interest quickly became a campaign of harassment against him and Mrs. Cook, which saw the police called three times in the RSPCA once. 
Uh, Miss Porter was arrested on Thursday, facing court for the second time in her life. The first was in 2005, when she was convicted of assaulting her brother with three sticks of rhubarb in an unrelated family spat. York magistrates heard the dispute over Nelson's carrots that became the talk of the village in Scruton, on the edge of the Yorkshire Dales, with the parish council asked to intervene in the increasingly bitter feud. Mrs. Porter told the court how she first became involved after passing Nelson's paddock on the edge of the village. She said, I saw him standing outside his stables, and I thought he looked quite sad. I didn't examine the horse, but I noticed him. The fields were frozen at the time, and there was snow on the ground. I passed six or seven times a day, and didn't see his owner with him once. He looked thin, and I began speaking to the people about my concerns, in hopes someone would take in and board and try to get her looking, uh, looking after the horse properly. He was quite distressed about the situation. I decided to give him a few carrots at the fence. It never occurred to me that anyone else would be bothered by that. I just didn't want him to starve to death. Mrs. Porter continued feeding Nelson, which came to Mrs. Cook's attention when she realized there was dozens of carrot tops laying in the field. She picked them up in a bucket and took Mrs. Porter to task, going out there with a sign on the fence asking not to feed him. To her dismay, Miss Porter took no notice and continued to sneak carrots to Nelson, who willingly trotted over to the fence to receive them. Mrs. Cook told the court on February 13th of this year, I was going to get my horse when I saw Mrs. Porter's car parked up. She was throwing food into the field and the horse came over. I opened my car window and said, why are you feeding my horse? Do you realize what you are doing? You could be poisoning my horse or giving him colic and making it ill. She replied, you can ring the police. I'm not bothered. I'm tired of this happening, and I'm worried that she make my, make my horse ill. I don't know what she is giving it. To her, her horror, an RSPCA inspector then called at her house to tell her she was carrying out a welfare check on Nelson. The inspector quickly realized that not only was he being well looked after, but he was in peak condition, having competed three times in professional horse races. Mrs. Cook was in no doubt that he had rep- uh, who had reported her and became increasingly angered by Mrs. Porter's gossiping to villagers, which continued despite the RSPCA's clean bill of health. Trevor Howell, a, pa- a parish council steward of 40 years, gave evidence to say Mrs. Porter began calling him around 10 times, insisting the horse wasn't well. He said, I don't have any concerns about the horse, but she must have rang me at least 10 times about it. Uh, repeating the fact that it was underfed. Mrs. Cook felt that she had no option but to call the police, and Miss Porter was eventually arrested, first appearing in court in April, where she denied charges of harassment. After both sides of the, uh, of the argument on Thursday, magistrates found her guilty. Presiding Magistrate Hillary Fair, Fairwood said, In the first instance, her conduct could be considered laudable, as she was truly believed she was trying to prevent the neglect of the horse. However, after the RSPCA visit and police investigation, she continued despite being explicitly told the RSPCA had no concerns whatsoever. Her contact was not reasonable, and we find her guilty of the charge. (laughs) Mrs. Fairwood said it is necessary to impose a restraining order for the protection of Nelson. Addressed to the defendant, it reads, You must not put food in the field for the horse, and you must not interfere with the horse in any way. Further, uh, to, to that she must not approach Mrs. Cook or attend her home, which is directly across the road from hers. 
After the hearing, Mrs. Porter said, quote, It all seems too ridiculous to be taken to court for giving a horse a few carrots, but at least I got to have my say and didn't spe- they didn't send me to jail. End quote. Uh, Mrs. Cook said, I'm very glad the court passed it order to keep her away from Nelson for his sake. He's a thoroughbred horse, and he's very well looked after, exercised, and fed. He's a wonderful horse and very much loved by my, by me and my son. This has gone on for a year and has caused much stress and upset for me. It has uh, been, it has had the whole village, which I've lived happily for eight years, talking about me. She went on, uh, she went out to cause so much difficulty as possible for no good reason. It was horrifying to have the RSPCA do a welfare inspection on Nelson. It made me feel terrible. In his racing days, Nelson was based in Middleham. His racing name was You're Doing Well. However, after three windless races, the trainer agreed and he was put out to pasture, being snapped up uh, by by three years ago by Mrs. Cook. In March of 2005, uh, the, the magistrate heard Mrs. Porter lost her tempter after she heard her strange a brother William laughed at her while she was driving past in his in her Land Rover. Um, sorry, there's like a bunch of names in here I can't pronounce. Uh, she flung three sticks of rhubarb from her cottage window, catching him in the right eye with one of them. The court ordered Mrs. Porter to do 40 hours of community service and barred her for entering property belonging to her son, uh, with whom she had also had a fallen out. <laughs> Jesus Murphy. Grandma nuts! <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, man. Seems like the police got to the root of this veggie villain, though. Oh, my all this God. rhubarb, all this rhubarb and kids. <laughs> no, you know what, though, man? Like, don't fuck with another person's animal. Like, that's just it. You go up there, you know. <sighs> You know, Catherine and I had a uh, a couple move in for a very brief period of time next to us, and they had four horses, three horses. And uh, Catherine, she just loves horses. So she went over there, and she's like, oh, I'm going to give them apples. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You better like, ask no, first. You better I was ask like, first. no, you're not. I was like, you're not giving those horses shit until you have fucking permission. You need to know exactly what you can give them, when you can give it to them, and how much of it they can have. I was like, that is not our animal. You are not going to go feed somebody else's animal. We got nothing, no information on that horse. Doesn't matter what you think you know. Like, you could be all right, and that person could be all wrong, but it's still their fucking horse. You will get permission. And that's and that's that's the way I look at it for this, too. Like, that that lady had no fucking right to start feeding somebody's animal. Nope. No, 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 no. Especially a horse. Like... Oh there, there is a lot that can go wrong with feeding a horse the wrong foods. Colic um, is a big thing you got to worry about. Also, the fact that their stomach can just turn. And then there's a... Unless you catch it fast enough, there's virtually nothing you can do. Um, this is a thoroughbred horse. This is a racing horse. This is a horse that was taken care of. People that would purchase that type of horse know how to take care of that type of horse. And if you don't know what a healthy animal looks like, maybe you should, you know, piss off. Like right now, if you were to look at um, our our dog here, Herr Fritz von Vini, uh, he is a he's a miniature dachshund. 
he looks thin if you compare him to other dachshunds because most people overfeed their dachshunds. He's very healthy. He's a healthy weight. He's right where he's supposed to be. Uh, hopefully by uh, spring of this year, I can start showing him. He's in perfect condition other than the fact that he's just a horse's ass. But I digress. Uh, if you don't know what you, people think they have a concept in their mind of what their, what things should look like and healthy should be. And they, and like the judge said, she first started, it was, okay, it's, I get it. You're trying to help. Cool. But once the RSPCA was involved and what, and everything was said, this is fine. We are actually know what we're talking about. You don't. Piss off. And she kept it up. Okay. Now, screw you. Game That's up. a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, you know... For me, the buck would have stopped at the owner. Like, the owner says, hey, don't feed my animal. That, that to me, is is the stopgap. Now, she wants to go ahead all Karen Commando and call the RSPCA. Well, they come out there and, you know, do do what they do and come back and say, uh, no, you're, you're misinformed. You know, lightly telling her that she's an idiot and yet she still persists. Like that, 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 that is an immediate red flag right there. Flag on the fucking play. Yeah. I mean, at that point it, you keep your shit up and that's what happened. She kept her shit up and she got told. <laughs> well, and then like you said though, man, imagine, imagine the cost is that, you know, like just the price, just the price to own that beast. I am petrified of horses, by the way. Like, well, don't get me anywhere near. Here's don't the thing: get me horses, anywhere near that thing. Horses but. are not cheap or easy. What you and I both have a friend who, a uh, mutual friend that has a, 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 a equestrian facility, and I think I've been out there like four times, and three out of those four times I have stepped foot on that facility, someone has tried to give me a horse, not sell me a horse, give me a horse, because they just didn't want, they couldn't keep up with it anymore. Yeah, I. It's a lot of work, you know, and just the price of that animal, like somebody that we're not talking about a pack of gum, here, folks. We're talking about tens of thousands of retired racehorse. Depending on that on that beast record, you know that 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 horse could have cost upwards of one hundred and fifty grand. Well, I doubt it. Consider it never won a race, and it wasn't in three races, never won. Uh, well, so, and, and like I said, depending on the record, but still tens of thousands of dollars for a horse like uh, that, man. I would probably venture to say it was less than ten, just to the fact that it, it what did not it wasn't good for breeding because it never won anything. So and it was a it was a gelding. So I mean, it probably probably it probably wasn't expensive. But the upkeep on the horse that's where the money comes in. You know, getting the farrier out there to uh, to reshoe and keep the hooves trimmed. Just the, the food alone and the medical bills. And if you're going to take it anywhere, getting the Coggins papers done every time. I mean, it's it's an astronomical amount of money. There, there's there's uh, there's three yeah. th- there's three things in this world that you just are considered holes you threw money into: boats, airplanes, and horses. And we have a friend who's had all three. <laughs> yep, good old Squatteroo, <laughs> the social liability himself. So yeah. That being said, but, folks. So go ahead. What are we gonna? What are we? What are we gonna give this woman? Oh, Grandma gets a freaking four, absolutely all day long. I was gonna, I was gonna peg her right there myself, man. 
Like that's just that's just one of the most sinister things you can do to another person, man. Like that's like people treat their animals like they're fucking kids, dude. Like like she's out there telling you like you give the horse colic, you could do this, you could do this. You're trying to delicately explain it to her and the woman just won't let up. And then uh, we go on all day. Either way, four is where I go. There it is. That being said, folks, that brings us to a close of another episode of the Social Liability Podcast. The podcast that doesn't cost you a goddamn thing. It doesn't. It doesn't cost you anything. Only thing we ask is that you pay attention. That being said, we do ask that you also share it with a friend. Help us get the podcast out there. We, we do this not because we're going to be millionaires. Truth be told, we've never made a dime on it. <laughs> that being said, if you'd like to sponsor an episode of the Social Liability Podcast... Hit me up. I'm willing to listen. Uh, <laughs> Buck, you have anything uh, else? You know what? I, yeah, actually, I got to correct you there, man. Because I've seen, I've seen the page. And we have, in fact, made almost $7. Right, but I can't, I can't withdraw that until we hit 15 So, now <laughs> hold on, though, man. We've made money. We've just never collected it. Yeah, right now we're owed seven dollars and four cents. Christmas twenty twenty three, folks. I'm telling you. But either way, pay attention. Get us out there. You realize you know, that's we love doing... you, you realize we've made nine cents an episode. Money, like that's money in the bank, man. I'm I'm taking that's the five. You're, I'm taking the five. You're getting the four. That's fine. <laughs> all right folks no man giving me money is like giving tom bombadil uh, probably fucking lose it you, your mic cut out there but that's okay because you can tell us that story again next week on the social liability podcast <laughs>